everybody. Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 169. Nice. Aaron, uh, quick question for you, buddy. What did you do over this weekend? Uh, a lot of stuff with the kids indoors because it's been raining. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure all the rain and everything, that's true. Uh, I was in Southern California uh, doing a lot of uh, ice hockey stuff and watching a little bit of roller hockey actually with the kids. And uh, actually, funny thing, roller hockey, uh, the outdoor rinks that they have sprung a leak. So uh, two of the three uh, rinks that they were playing on, uh, not playable. So it was a, a disaster down there. But uh, that was a lot of fun being able to go and do that. However, uh, just got back literally about an hour ago, <laughs> pulled into the, the actually half hour ago, pulled into the garage. So uh, I'm tired. So for you guys watching, I apologize if I'm a little bit low energy today. I'm going to try to keep it up uh, for you guys. So we'll see. Um, Aaron. Got a few games here we want to talk about, obviously. Uh, the, the the Sharks go ahead and screw this up against the Arizona Coyotes and end up winning this game. Um, <laughs> talk to me about this one. Did you see this? In the, before you even get to that, actually, I do want to ask the chat real quick. This is a nationally broadcast one. We asked about this last time around, um, how much the nationally, nationally broadcasted games um, – are, are not pleasurable for you, if you will. Uh, I think Leah Hextall was really the one that, that people didn't like. It wasn't her this time around. And I'm curious what the chat thinks about this national broadcast, if they uh, were okay with it, because it wasn't that person with somebody else. Uh, and, you know, Aaron, you and I give them a little bit more slack because, again, these aren't the teams that they would normally cover. These aren't the guys that they know, right? So, um, anyway, just go ahead and fire away on that one there. Um some people get so so worked up about this. It doesn't bother me. Like I used to, I used to too. I used to get really pissed because I'm I get so used to Randy and he's so so good. Um, probably easily top five I think across the league in terms of it. But uh, let's get ready to crumble. Um, you have to realize that these people don't spend these the national announcers announcers don't spend a lot of time with each team. They have to know all the players. Now Randy does a good job because he studies, but he sees the Sharks players day in, day out, asks them personally how you pronounce their name, works on it. The national broadcast just, just don't have the resources or the time to do that. So you have to cut them a little bit of slack on that part. Um, but I, I think they do a good job. I think it was on TNT, and TNT does a does an excellent job of coverage. I think um, moving from, oh, man, what were they on? Versus, which became NBC Sports. Like, that stuff just... It, it puts them more in the mainstream being on TNT. TNT does a phenomenal job with NBA. They've really kind of written kind of the, the blueprint for doing shows like, uh, like, cause on TNT, they have what Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette um, and some others mixed in there. But those two guys, you couldn't get two completely opposite reactions, you know, opposite players for one and opposite kind of like, uh Bissonette's kind of uh biz nasty if you will oh, he's yeah. uh he he you know sounds off a lot more than than other people do he talks a lot and it's great um so that panel is awesome it's just it's funny it it puts NHL on a good kind of spotlight so on the on the NBA side they have Charles Barkley and Shaq, Shaq. and they yeah. kind of go at it at each other sometimes in the show not that Bissonette and Gretzky do but they have their funny moments and and they capture that moment I mean, the NFL does the same thing too, but I even think the NFL is getting a little stale doing their doing their stick. So um, I think the NBA is leading the way. I think the NHL is getting getting there and getting close. But anyway, I'm happy the Sharks are in the national spotlight. Yes, they're not good. They're not winning. But 
It's good to get them out there. People are going to see those jerseys and they look fresh and they're going to be like, yes, I want to get one of those because they look so good. They watch Carlson, who is just lead, he's the leading defenseman in the league. He's the best defenseman in the league in terms of scoring. So um, it's all good things being in the national spotlight. I don't mind it at all. That was a very long-winded answer, but there you go. That's my I mean, thoughts yeah, on it. And, and you said they're they're not good. They're not winning. There's later on in the show a stat that actually might disprove one of those two, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Uh, Super producer Jason, giving you guys a reminder down there. If you're enjoying the stream, please give us a like. Personally, I would prefer that you guys help the show out by sharing, retweeting, getting us back out there to the rest of your Sharks friends and family. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, I'm sure they will as well. Get them in the chat so we can all start uh, having those conversations. We love hearing from you guys. So if you do that, would really appreciate it. Uh, Kakanen does something he has not done much of this season now, Aaron. He gets the win. He the did. I, I thought he I thought he played pretty well. He obviously played well enough to win. He had some good key saves at key moments. So uh kept the Sharks in it when it got close and uh deserves a win. Now, Paul, this is this is at Mullet Arena. Oh boy. Down, uh, Arizona Arizona State. I always confuse it. So wait, that that's actually the name. That is actually the name of the arena is Mullet See, Arena. I thought that somebody had said that in the chat last week, and I thought that they were just joking, like no. they were clowning on it. It's actually no. called Mullet Arena. Mullet Arena. It's written on the center ice. It says Mullet Arena on in the center circle. I, I, my reaction is how appropriate, I guess. I did you know. see what the Sharks did? The Sharks painted mullets on their players' no. pictures and no, they didn't. posted that. It's funny. No, they didn't. Coach, yeah, Coach Timo Meyer, like they had like, it was like their headshot, their NHL headshot, and then they added like a flow in it to make it look like they had a mullet to play a mullet. Okay. Right. They also did um, college shots since they're going to a college campus. So <laughs> they they got everyone's picture from probably when they're 18 or 19 years old and, and post it like they're going back to school. It's a little passive aggressive, huh? I think it's funny. Like, there you go. Mullet Arena. Thank wow. you, Super Producer Jason, for pulling Thank that up. You, and you can see the Sun Devils and the Arizona Coyotes sharing center ice because originally they, the Sun Devils weren't going to allow them to put their logo on there at all. But <laughs> this is this is what's funny. This is an NHL arena for the next four seasons, I believe, possibly five, if they can't get a deal going. <laughs> now imagine this: like imagine Arizona's at the bottom or towards the bottom, right? Imagine they get Bedard. And Bedard is playing in a 4,000-seat arena. First of all, they better sell out if that's the case. But that would be probably the NHL's worst PR nightmare if Arizona won. And those ticket prices would jump. Like, I'm excited to go in the next, maybe the next season, not this season, but probably next season, fly out for a game in Arizona. I can I can tell you which team is probably going to have more nationally broadcasted games than anybody else if that were to be the case, right? Yes, got to showcase them. It's cool, man. It's it's. I was just at the Barracuda game. Look look, look how tiny this is. I was just at the Barracuda game uh, yesterday, and I'm looking around. And I go, I can't believe this is bigger than what <laughs> Mullet Arena is. It seats more people. It's unbelievable, and and oh, it's just it's. It's bizarre. It's crazy. It's very NHL to have something so silly like this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I want to go check it out because you get to sit down low for an NHL game and, and get to take it all in. And there's always a lot of Sharks fans there. Fear the Fork. Oh, that's I don't know what Fear Sun the Devils. Fork is. Sun Devils because they have a, a pitchfork. 
God. That's for the college. It's not for Arizona. Oh, of course. Coyotes. Of course. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's just, it's a, it's a very college raucous atmosphere. I, would I think not be the only thing the worse would be if the Sharks had lost to this team. So <laughs> there's that. Is it though? Uh, Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from the Arizona game, uh, the Sharks take on uh, L.A. in L.A. and uh, they pick up a 4-3 loss. Um, Aaron, you, you you saw somebody, well, we, we saw somebody in a picture at this game because we weren't actually there for this one. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, he, he's a fan of the show. Go ahead. Take it away. Kellen Foster was at the there game and he tweeted us. Here he is. He's, he's in the chat right now. Here's there is Kellen no better experience. Yeah, wearing the Fin Factor shirt. He lives down in Southern California. Uh, so he went to the game and he was representing us. I, I believe Kevin Kellen, sorry, not Kevin Kellen has uh, a shirt of every color that we have black, gray, and teal. Kellen, thank you so much for supporting the show, man. We really do appreciate you. And thank you for uh, sending that tweet out, um, showing people that <laughs> folks do actually buy the merch. So I appreciate that. Hey, you're looking pretty good there, by the way, bud. I like the, uh, the gray on you. It looks awesome. Looks good. Is that, is that portrait mode, by the way? <laughs> probably that's great <laughs> super uh, jason what's he doing with the lighting something special i bet hey uh aaron what what else we got about this here you said this, dowdy here had a beautiful goal i don't know why we want to talk about the the king scoring and how beautiful they score but uh if you'd like to talk about that fire away well i like when the sharks don't get any points so they can get closer <laughs> to bedard so i don't mind but yet another collapse uh it was tied two to two i think in this game going into the third period and um <laughs> Actually, Timo ties it in the third period, 10 minutes, about halfway through. Halfway through. Uh, but then they just collapse and they give up two goals in, what is that, less than a minute? Um, 50-something seconds apart. Yeah. And the dagger was Drew, Drew Doughty, man. just He was a late trailer. Ends up being kind of like a three-on-one in a way. Three-on-two, more like a three-on-one. But he just roofs it. He gets in real close in the slot and just just wrist shot roofed it right over uh is it Reimer? Um yeah it was Reimer. So it's just like man it's LA. I love beating LA but LA is a decent team. They got their stuff together. They're gonna be going to the playoffs so it's a good team. The Sharks were in the game until just a couple silly mistakes at the end it cost them yet again. And and we'll be talking more about that specific topic later on for those of you just joining us so stick around for that. Um so they, they they lose yet again, but again, this is one of those we're, we're okay with kind of falling down, trying to get closer to the sweepstakes there, right? So um, this one uh, it doesn't hurt really as bad, I suppose. Um, now it was Zach Croft, unless you wanted to say anything else about this LA Kings game. No, uh, Zach Croft says you better skip that blowout to the Oilers. <laughs> I would perfecto move on from that game and forget it. I'm guessing autocorrect stepped in on that word perfecto. Uh, but if not, um, interesting use of words there, Zach. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to skip this one because we actually have a clip. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, the Edmonton Oilers absolutely smoked the Sharks 7-1 in this game. Do you want to set this uh, this clip up? He called it a stinker. Sure. Um, this was Quinn after the game, after a 7-1 loss, which, by the way, what McDavid had a goal... Goal and two assists or two goals and assists. I can't remember. Um, let me look real quick before I. It was on his birthday. He had two goals and assists. Two goals and assists, and yeah. it was his birthday. And this was in San Jose, so the Sharks get blown out at home seven to one. At least they didn't get shut out. 
But this was Quinn on what his thoughts were on the game. How do you summarize the game by tonight? We just stunk. You know, we stunk on the power play. We stunk on the penalty kill. We stunk five on five. Our forward stunk. Our defenseman stunk. The only other than stink was our goalie. And that hasn't happened all year. And it's over 82 games. Something like this is going to happen. And we're going to move past it pretty quickly. You mentioned what I was just going to say. I mean, is this to just flush this one? Yes, or, yeah. 100%. Have you guys been watching this? Ladies been watching this? This hasn't happened all year. So as that game was evolving and you're pushing and you know, pleading and, you know, you realize, okay, this is one of those nights that 82, you just don't have it. And when you collectively play like that, it's, you just, you flush it and move forward. Okay. My, my initial reaction is I was laughing because it sounded like Tortorella Jr. Uh, we just stunk, you know, we, uh, the power play stunk, uh, everything stunk. We stunk. <laughs> I, I like, just, say, oh, we just sucked tonight. You know, we sucked on the power play. We sucked here. We su-. just, it was like the same exact thing, which is hilarious. Go ahead. I'd say Tortorella would use a different choice of words sure. than stunk. But yes, there was a lot of stank going around. The Sharks definitely needed a cold shower for that game. Um, it's interesting that he mentioned the goalie didn't stink. Now I noticed, I noticed, and there's a theme here. Um, because I'll get to it later when we talk about Greer's state of the address, he kind of says the same thing about the goaltending. They never throw their goalie under the bus, ever. Even if they are bad and they deserve it, nobody will do it. Um, and I looked, and I was like, Kakinen, he let in seven goals. How, how is that not terrible? Most of them, he couldn't really do much on. But he still had an 829 save percentage for seven goals. They had 41 shots. That's, that's a lot of work. Now, if he saved a couple more of those, he would have been closer to 900. And now we're looking at a Martin Jones type situation. So it really, Kakanen wasn't the wasn't to blame here. There were no soft goals scored on him. He now he did look tired, and it's hard when you're losing five nothing. It's hard to like you know push through and keep going and try to make that next big save because what's the point at this point? Um, and I think it was the I can't remember if it was the sixth or seventh goal. He looked very dejected. And I was actually kind of shocked that they didn't pull him just to kind of give him a mental break and and not. But, you know, it's fine. Aaron, you said it was hard to push through, and that's kind of how the season's been for us. It's been hard to push through, but we're going to do it anyway. Before we get to the next game here, I want to go and look at some of these comments. Uh, Debbie Smith says, touchdown Oilers. 7-1. <laughs> uh, Colin, C20, seems a little bit confused here. Uh, he says, which post game was this? It feels like this can apply to every loss. <laughs> it's true. Sabby, it true. is so true. Uh, Kellen saying that the Quinn accent was was thick in this interview. It really, uh, honestly, it's uh, when you when you hear him talk, because I, I, you see him and you're not expecting the accent, I guess. And then you start hearing him <laughs> talk in the interviews. And yeah, you know, it's just really thick and everything. So uh, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Kellen, uh, thank you. I was getting right to that one. Super Jason. Kellen also said uh, prior to that he's been persuading folks into becoming Sharks fans for two seasons, giving out Fin Factor shirts. We got two new fans this season and more will come. The social shiver. SoCal shiver is born. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Kellen, for giving out Fin Factor shirts. I appreciate that, man. And and it's it's actually amazing that you've been persuading folks to becoming Sharks fans for two seasons because you've been doing it when we've been probably at our lowest. So if uh, if you're doing that, um, I don't know if you can sell uh, some snow to an Eskimo or whatever that saying is, but my goodness, you should be a salesman. Uh, well done, buddy. Well done. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, that's amazing because he's in L.A. too. So it's not like 
he's he's converting both Kings and Ducks fans down there, or probably nobody that has affinity to either one. You know, I didn't even think about it because again, I was in LA for the kids this uh, this whole weekend, so um, I should have seen if uh, Kellen was there. Could have Sorry, he's in Orange County, not LA. Well, we played a team called the OC Ducks in area. LA to me isn't a city; it's an area, <laughs> it's like the Bay Area. That's the LA. Los Angeles it's just area. The whole thing, right? So, anyway. Uh, oh, you know, I can't lie. It was you know a lot last you know month, and oh, you know, get on. Uh, LM has a question too. Yes, this is rude. This is rude. Was that Bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys in the background? No, that was Shalina. Shalina Goodman, is it? I think it was the last name. Yeah. Uh, and she's a reporter. Uh, she's been actually with the Sharks for quite a while now. She's awesome. Uh, she is the one who on Twitter will say, when there's a too many men on the ice penalty, uh, hella dudes. There were hella dudes. I wrote that today because uh, <laughs> New Jersey had a really bad – they had all six guys going after the puck. It wasn't like uh, a line change mishap. It was – they had six guys, so I – took a screenshot and posted it and I put hella dudes on the ice by New Jersey. <laughs> I kind of want to hear Quinn say hella dudes. Eh? <laughs> There's bubbles. There's bubbles. Thank you. She doesn't look like that. Come on, man. Awful. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice at all. I mean, it kind of does look good. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> uh, moving on, there was, uh, it was tonight's game. Uh, the tonight's New Jersey game. Devils. My goodness. Um, Aaron, Kevin LeBanc actually scored, I believe it was the Arizona game, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he actually, as of just a few games ago, had picked up a goal. Um, but he gets he gets sat in this game here. So I, we have a clip on this. I don't know how you want to set this up exactly. But um, maybe, maybe set the clip up, and then I would like to hear your thoughts on whether or not maybe he deserved it. So go ahead. Sure. This is uh, Coach Quinn. This is before the game today against New Jersey. Um he was asked about Kevin LeBanc being scratched. So here is his response on why he was being scratched. Well, listen, when he's on his game, there's a swagger to him. There's an edge to him. He makes life hard on the other team, makes good decisions. And, you know, I just think he's lost his way just a little bit. And, you know, something that happened a little early in the season. And when he came back, he was outstanding for us for a long stretch. And, you know, so he's just kind of you know, in the ebbs and flows of a season. You know, teams go through it, individuals go through it, and you know, uh, we just need him to be a little bit more consistent uh, overall in a lot of aspects. So I thought there was a guy that was playing at a pace with an edge who was responsible in all three zones, and you know, made an impact, shift in and shift out. And there's been moments where that's happened, but just not consistently. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not. That's not the reason that you know he's out of the lineup tonight. I mean, my job is to put our best lineup out there night in and night out and right now this is the best lineup we have and the great news for him is when he's playing to the best of his ability he's in our lineup and playing the top six role so that's really all it is and you know I hope he responds in a positive manner uh, he did the last time this happened but that's not the reason that I'm sitting him <laughs> well it's you know, that wouldn't be you know you know, most players just look at it through their own eyes, as I did as a player. At the end of the day, my job is to look through it through everybody's eyes and everybody as a team from a team perspective. And, you know, it's if someone's struggling consistently, uh, if I'm a guy that hasn't been playing and I'm working hard and I, you know, deserve a chance to get in the lineup, you know, it's hard to, to keep a guy alive that's been working hard the way Noah has and, you know, get him back in the lineup. So, you know, I think that's a balancing act all coaches play. 
Again, he, in my short time with him, he has responded to it. And listen, he doesn't go out there not trying to sure. play with the right intentions and whatnot. I think it's just happens in sports to, at every level, uh, in every sport with, with every athlete. So, you know, I'm fully anticipating getting a great response from him. And him, you know, maybe just needs a reset, a little bit more clarity on what he needs to do. Uh, you know, he obviously got 10 goals, which is a good season so far. But, you know, there's a lot more in there as a player. And we want the complete player. I'm going to be honest with you. I heard about 20 seconds of that, and then all I could think about was his accent the entire time. <laughs> what? I heard about 20 seconds of that, and then all I could think about was his accent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's thick, man. He's from anyway. uh, Rhode Island. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you think? Did he? Do you think he deserved to be benched? Um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on this? It, it's. I mean, it, I'm not disagreeing with the coach. He's he's got to put the best players that he can out there. And he mentions Noah Gregor in there about how, you know, Noah Gregor's been scratched for the last, I don't know, eight games or something. And he's been working his tail off to get back in the lineup. And this is going back to what Mike Greer wanted going into the season is to have competition, someone nipping at your heels at every chance so you don't feel like you can coast and you have to earn your spot in the lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Well, Debbie's got this question. I'd like you to respond. Which which is it? Was he sitting because he's not consistent, or why else? What was that all about? So she's a little confused. I mean, that was a very long clip. Uh, but <laughs> basically, yeah, it sounded like what he was saying was it was he's he's inconsistent. He's not showing the consistency. And when you've got a guy, as Aaron just had had mentioned, like Noah Gregor, who's been working, um, he's not in the lineup, working hard to get himself back in the lineup, and you've got a guy who's been a little inconsistent, you swap him out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, for, for me, do I think he deserved it? Yeah, sure. You, you, it's not that he's a bad player and he deserves to sit. Um, but as Quinn said, he has to look at what's best for the team. He has to look through it through um, as a player. You look through it through your own eyes. is kind of what he was saying there. But for, for his job, it's to look at the whole team as an, an entire core, an entire nucleus, uh, a, a full unit and what's going to be. Uh, the best for that entire unit. If you've got a guy who's struggling a little bit right now, doesn't mean he's a horrible player. Uh, it just means he's having a hard time right now. And you've got a guy who's nipping at his heels and is ready to go uh, and is showing that fire, that passion, and that desire to get back in the lineup. Maybe it's a good idea for the team to swap those two players in and out. Um, Aaron, is that a fair assessment? Again, I kind of wanted to hear uh, what you felt. Well, think about it this way. No, Gregor's going in there basically replacing LeBanc. Maybe not the same minutes or the same lines or anything, but he's in the lineup and LeBanc is not. LeBanc will now have to work his tail off in the practices that they have before the games in order to earn the trust back of the coaching staff. So it's going to push him harder to get back into the lineup. It's also going to push Noah Gregor because he got a taste of the action. He's going to want to stay there and he's going to play better and play smarter and make better decisions. So now there's the competition right there. Who do you sit now, right? If you both have them firing on all cylinders, who's it going to be? You got to, you have to earn your way into the lineup. You're not going to get anything given to you. Um, if you LeBanc is considered a top six player, you need to act like a top six player in every game, not every other game, not taking two, three nights off in a row, not doing controller disconnect a few times, you know, like, it's like his controller ran out of batteries. He's got to plug him in. So he's got, he's sitting on the bench so he can get plugged in. And he's going to come back. I bet LeBanc will come back and he'll probably have another couple weeks and 
who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. Maybe it won't. Maybe by the time the trade deadline's here, uh, some players are gone, and now he's in the lineup for good. Who knows? Or he's gone. Maybe he's have, or maybe he's gone. Right. I mean, he's having a good season. He was being as consistent as LeBanc can be for a long time. Um, I think that was showing well for possibly a trade. I mean, they would have to either take another salary back or eat salary or something because he's just getting paid too much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think this will be a, a nip in the bud for him, and, and he'll come back firing hard. Uh, Kellen, you're, you're still in my thunder here. because So, so we we're going to say uh, Gregor got in over the bank, right? And actually, Aaron, Gregor got 15 minutes of ice time tonight. It's, it's not bad for our guy coming off of, uh, you know, sitting on the bench essentially for the past couple games. So uh, 15 minutes of ice time, pretty good. Um, you, now, you say he's doing well off the puck. Uh, why don't you let the folks know uh, what you mean by that? Off the puck meaning not offensive stuff. So when you don't have the puck, you have to work hard to get it back in your own zone, in the neutral zone, even in the offensive zone when you're forechecking. So he's doing um, he's got he's doing strong stick, getting sticks in passing lanes, doing all the small things that you don't. It's not going to show up on the score sheet. It, right. It's this is what coaches seeing what they want. They don't want not to pick on Kevin LeBanc, but a Kevin LeBanc person like LeBanc who you know is kind of slow lazy doesn't have a strong stick is always looking to go on the offense um they were having a problem with that i think last season where they were turning to go up the ice before they even had the puck in possession trying to get like that extra edge and break away possibly and then they were you know as soon as you turn and you pivot and you're going up the ice and the puck goes back into your zone you're completely out of position so i think something like that like gregor wasn't doing that he was being in the right position just I mean, a lot of it is how much how much time on how much time do you actually have the puck on your stick in a game? It's not that much. Very little. Very little. Unless you're Eric Carlson, you're controlling it the entire time. But generally right. speaking, yeah. I'd say even Eric Carlson's playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night. How much if you look at percentage wise, how much the puck is on him on his stick, it's probably still not even that high. Yeah. And he's probably the highest. So my point is you have to you have to be working off the puck all the time every time you're on the ice you're busting your butt off every shift and if you take a few shifts off the coaches will notice if you take a few nights off they're definitely going to notice that's what's going on here so uh going back to kellen still my thunder uh he says i mean he hit the goalie at least twice and the glass behind the net only five times <laughs> i was gonna say He's doing well off the puck. That's great. Um, it's the same old story for me with Noah Gregory. The guy's got speed. The guy creates opportunity, but he can't finish. And and we've seen this uh, for seasons now um, where, you know, he, he fires it and it hits the glass, as Kellen has uh, so uh, definitely pointed out here. But, I mean, well, and he's also saying uh, Gregory's getting better. Kellen does. So, okay, fine, fair enough. I, I mean, I agree. He's he's getting better. Um I, I just don't, again, I don't see him as the guy that you're going to look to to potentially put the puck in the net even no. like 10, 15 times. If he I gets think- a handful of goals, awesome. But for me, Gregor is more of that, I'm just going to go out there, use my speed, and try to cause some chaos. And if I happen to get one punched in, awesome. Um, and I, I think he's good up for, for the PK too with the speed and the aggression and everything else. So uh, that's more for me where I see him being valuable. And for that reason, I think, you know, he could – 
very easily be a, a trade target as like a 13th type guy, right? Somebody who can step in in the fourth mm-hmm. line, bring a lot of speed. Because we, we, we've seen teams in the playoffs when they have lots and lots of speed, even at that de- just that depth, uh, and it causes chaos against other teams. That is valuable. And the fact that he can't play on the PK, uh, even if he hits the glass on his shots, uh, I think it bodes well for him in the eyes of other teams. So I would not be surprised personally if this is a guy that gets moved. And that actually wouldn't even be necessarily a bad thing for Noah. Um, but I think on on this team, um, where there's just not even that much in terms of depth, he's still kind of out of the lineup, in and out. And he's not really getting the points to kind of back up that he he can be that guy. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for better things out of him. Um, but... I mean, again, for me, kind of same old, same old with him. I don't know what's <laughs> Kellen, Kellen just said what I was trying to say while you were talking. Uh, oh. Gregor feels like a Nieto, Nieto replacement. I sure. agree. I think that's his. I think that's going to be the way Gregor stays in the NHL is changing his game to be a PK specialist, um, defensive third line guy, hopefully get a little bit more scoring touch, but not a guy who's going to be on the power play, not a guy who's going to be scoring goals mainly. He's going to be a defensive guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Colin here, Colin C28, um, mm-hmm. agreed, Kellen. I think that once Nieto gets dealt and if Gregor doesn't get traded, he takes his spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, that's if that's the role that he's trying to fulfill, I can totally see that, no problem. I just don't think that you're going to plug him in and expect anything offensively necessarily, apart mm-hmm. from generating chances. We've seen some of the advanced stats that say he generates chances, right? Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with his speed. Uh, but I, again, he, he just doesn't finish. He just doesn't finish. Um, yeah. I, I wish there was more to it than that, but um, that, that's exactly. really all it comes down to. That's exactly what Nieto was like. He came on the scene when he was young and he was so fast and he seemed to have all these chances and could never finish, just couldn't bury it. So I feel like <laughs> he's on the same trajectory practically and going uh, to a trade Nieto versus Gregor. Gregor is a little bit more expensive. Not much. It's nine fifty versus eight fifty. But Gregor's an RFA after the season, and Nieto is a uh, UFA. So right. they would. It, I think the price would be slightly higher for Noah Gregor than it would be for Nieto, just because you control his rights. Yeah. The team that would get him with control his rights, so it costs just slightly more. Like I'm talking, like what a fourth round pick versus a fifth round pick. Like most teams, I don't think would care too much about it. Um, so. But- David here's got it figured out. He says LeBanc can finish, uh, but not great wheels. Clone them. So, <laughs> That'd be just, nice. You know, mash them together and you'll have uh, exactly what we need. There you go. Uh, Aaron, this uh, this game here, the Devils do tie it with 10 seconds left. And Reimer, uh, Reimer had a heck of a game. He did. I thought he, he played well. I thought uh, I thought the Sharks as a whole played okay today. They, they kind of dominated and I thought they were going to win this game against a much better team. Um, New Jersey's kind of been, they've been missing playoffs for a while, but their team is so young and so good. In fact, they are third in points percentage right now um, and in points in the league. So they're only behind Boston and Carolina. This is a, a very young team that is, you're seeing all the pieces come together and they're going to be a force, I think for the next at least five years, they're going to be up there in the top of the standings. So they're just kind of on their way up, kind of like Colorado was a couple of years ago um, before they won their cup. They're they're a very good team, and I thought the Sharks played very well against them and should have won, <laughs> which we'll get into in a little bit. You want to okay. do it right now? 
Uh, almost right now, yes. Uh, I think I wanted to go back to more towards the top of the show here with some of the, the sure. comments that we had. Um, Zach saying that he was disappointed with today's loss uh, and that the NHL needs to get rid of shootouts. I know, Aaron, I know you would rather see the tie, but they're actually saying in the chat um, that they would rather just see a sudden death OT, which they do that. However, he wants continuous. This is LM saying, I prefer continuous OT sudden death. Um, the problem with that is what happens when no one scores for three periods and you, you've you've got a regular season game that's just going on forever, right? So uh, that really doesn't work. That is why you have to have the shootout if you're not going to have ties, right? You have to end the game quickly somehow. Zach and I were actually going back and forth on Twitter a little bit about this um, earlier, right, right after the game ended. Um, I mean, I'll just tell you what I wrote. Sure. <laughs> Like he, what he wants is to do a 20 minute overtime of three on three. It, it's not it's for an 82 game season mm. that would add so many more minutes. Cause I feel like a third of the games roughly go to overtime by the time the season's over, that happens more towards the end of the season. More teams are, are fighting harder and trying to get into a playoff spot. So they go into overtime more. There's more overtime games in the second half, second or the third, the last third of the season. Um, that's putting on a lot of minutes on players. That's going to increase injury risk. It's going to increase fatigue. It's going to, you have a back-to-back night and you're playing a 20 minute overtime, a whole nother period. And then you have to get on a plane and travel. That's going to mess up your travel plans. Cause I mean, for example, the San Jose airport closes at 11 PM, I think. So if you miss that flight, you're stuck until the next morning. So that's just going to wreak havoc on thing. It's just, it logistically would not pan out. And I, uh, I don't think they would ever do it. I think, I mean, to me, the, the skills competition, which is what the shootout is, is a fancy coin toss. It's a fancy coin toss to get the extra point. That's it. Fancy coin toss. You send your best player. I'll send my best player. Goalie, try and stop them. It has nothing to do with the sport or the, the team sport aspect, really. So I, I'm sick of it. I, I would like to get run of, get rid of it and just... Five minutes of three on three is fine because it's exciting. I think it's great still. Um, but then after that, done. Just each each team gets a point and you leave a point off the board. Each team gets one. There's no bonus point. You got to earn that bonus point. All right. Uh, I want to point out Zinxie here with just a regular old hello. Hello, Zinxie. Haven't seen you in a while, buddy. I feel like uh, we only really only see Zinxie when we're doing... Uh, NHL at the time 21 because that's when you were playing but um yeah it's been it's been a while but good to see you hey um stick around because I don't know Zinxie re- respond to me real quick have you seen uh the Eric Carlson slide the new Eric Carlson slide the super producer Jason's put together if you've not or anybody if you've not actually stick around because that will be coming he did score a goal he did get points we are gonna do something we didn't want to do it during the Oh, you don't you do that. We're going to do it a little later on. You gave, gave me the first little poo. Anyway, um, Aaron, we had talked about the Sharks being so close in a lot of these games and that they are a bad team who keeps losing, right? But there might be something to them not being a bad team, but that they just keep finding ways to lose, as you've alluded to in previous episodes. You've got something here you were looking at, something called Money Puck. This is this website called Money Puck here. And it's expected goals 
versus actual goals. And you've got some pretty interesting, um, I don't know if you want to call them findings, but there's some cool data here uh, after having run uh, several simulations uh, with these teams. So go ahead, take this away. This is uh, this is all you here. All right, so Money Puck is this website, and I'm not saying I found this or, or anything. This was actually in an article, and I'm going to pump up Corey here. Corey Massasak, The Athletic, mm. does a phenomenal job of breaking down stats um he's very good with prospects so and he loves prospects so he's gonna get some really good insight it's perfect team for him to be joining because he just came what a year ago last season um money pug is a website where in short they take they take a game and they go okay at what point you know does this will make sense when you can see the see the um the chart here but at what point the game will start off at 50 percent practically right and you see, okay, uh, the Sharks scored a goal. Um, oh, this thing is not loading for me. Sorry. I'm trying <laughs> to get this thing up here. <laughs> so at the very beginning, the Devils scored. Like the first, what, 30 seconds of the game, they score. So at this point, it's so funny. This, they, uh, the chance of, this, of New Jersey Devils go to win, right? It's higher for them. So it's like... Uh, was that 55% roughly they're going to win? Am I reading that right? 65%. Then the Sharks score and tie it. And then New Jersey takes a penalty. And then the Sharks score on the power play. Now all of a sudden it swings back up to the Sharks so that they're going to win the game. Then New Jersey ties it. And now it's like closer to 50-50. Then the Sharks score. Then the, the New Jersey Devils take that penalty of two hella dudes, right? Yeah. And then um, New Jersey ties it with... 10 seconds left or I'm sorry. No, they were yeah. down by a goal at that point and then they tied it. So now all of a sudden it drops significantly to where New Jersey had a much better chance of winning the game. So this just shows you that, and what they'll do is they'll do a thousand simulations of the game and pop everything in like their stats, like um, shots on goal and everything else. And they have this thing called a winometer here. And it shows you over a thousand times the Sharks will win 79.3% of the time and lose 20% of the time. It's it's amazing how how I'm trying to trying to figure out how to explain this. The sharks are finding ways to lose. Yeah. That's that's probably the better way to find it, right? Or the better way to say it. They're finding ways to lose because there's a lot of games where they should be winning. So throughout, Corey did this article, and it's a great article. It's it's a little heavy read with a lot of numbers, but I'm a numbers guy, so I love it. Um, if you take games that were under fifty percent, so the Sharks were had a less than fifty percent chance of winning at some point in the game, um, they are three and ten in those games. So they've only stolen three games if you think it that way, right? They're zero and six when it's fifty fifty. They're just not winning those games. They're losing all of them. In games that they should have won, this is over 60% that they should have won. They're 10 and 13, meaning 13 games were stolen from them in a way. Like when you steal a game, you have a goalie steal you a game. It happens, right? There's just some nights you just can't win. You you can't score. It just happens. It's happened more than it should because they're 10 and 13. They have a losing record in games that they should have won. So another way to think about it is like I'm watching these games. And I'm like, the Sharks look good. They're a lot of the times they're ahead, 
they've scored ahead and they're they're they've been ahead for most of the game and they just can't close out the game. They can and this is exactly what happened tonight. 10 seconds left, New Jersey ties it. It's like come on, man. Just close out a game. Close out they can't do it. So to me it's small things. Again, this these games are not like obviously the Edmonton game, huge blowout. We're not seeing that. If that was the case, if it was like 7-1 and, and they're just getting blown out in these games, it would be awful to watch. It would not be fun. Yeah. These games are still fun to watch because the Sharks are in them almost every night. And they're losing games that they should be winning. If they write that ship, they take those 13 games that they should have won and they win, that's that's 26 points in the standings. That is a giant swing, right? Even um, if you Even if you take the three games that they stole – and you discount those six points from that. It's still 20 points in the standings. That's huge. It's a big swing. So had they won all those games and gotten those 18 points, it puts them the sixth highest team in the West and puts them in the first wildcard team. That's the difference. That's the difference of a playoff team right there. But Simple Aaron, mistakes that come back and bite them in the end. Aaron. They, they, are, they are good enough to make playoffs, but it's it's a game of mistakes, and they're making too many of them at the worst times. So this team is, I, it's hard to say they're good because when you look at the standings, they're not good, but there's such a different underlying things compared to the other teams that are below them or even around them. But if they take those points, Aaron, then how are we supposed to tank hard for Bedard? <laughs> <laughs> Noah Claxton, uh, it's because Sharks forgot they were tanking this season so they let the Devils win. We'll actually be talking a little bit about that specifically because I think uh, uh, Greer had something to say about uh, the idea of tanking. So if you're interested in that topic, stick around. We'll be coming up on that one uh, very shortly. So uh, you said <laughs> almost 80% chance to win today's game, and which is amazing to me because the Devils are a better team flat out. So I don't know how that model is coming up with 80, it, about 78.9, whatever it was. Hey, how is coming up with that percent chance? Shots, yeah, it takes shots on goal, but also like high danger chances. Like they just had okay. more chances, better, better quality chances, more. They dominated possession, ice time in the offensive zone, all that stuff. It takes and I know what it is. Time. I know what it is. It's because tell me what, it, what I'm about to say. Go ahead. What am I about to say? Noah Gregor. You Something got it, Noah buddy. Gregor. Noah Gregor. He's generating opportunities, getting in there, and then he hits the glass. Expected goal. Actual goal didn't go in. So there you go. Oh, oh, Debbie Smith says, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. I'm just shaking my head. Not consistent at all. But to me, these are these are fixable mistakes <laughs> that I think next season can, could, I'm not saying it will, could get ironed out and we'll see a big turnaround. I think I think next season is going to be a huge turnaround from where they are now because they're so low in the standings. There's really nowhere they can go but up, I'm hoping. Depending on how many pieces get sold off here in the next couple months but i think i think they're going to get a very good prospect in this year's draft possibly a few depending on any pieces coming back or any more uh, draft picks that they get from anyone that they sell off so uh i'm very excited now i'm not saying they're going to be instantly a playoff team next year but i think they're going to be closer to the bubble than they are right now obviously all right. Well, Kellen says uh, they're finding ways to draft picks or to, to prospects, uh, not so much finding ways to lose. So there you go. 
I think they they know that they're a better team than what they've been, and they're uh, they're just trying to get <laughs> kind of get the best guy they possibly can. Um, before we actually talk about uh, Greer and and the things that he had to say, um, again, during this whole four game stint here, Carlson did happen to pick up points. So Aaron, there is now a little something that we do when Eric Carlson picks up points, and uh, Super Producer Jason actually might have enhanced it just a little bit oh boy we we don't know we don't know what it is yet so take it away super producer jason shiver me timbers (laughs) okay for the podcast people you really need to just log into youtube and and watch this but it's Eric Carlson's face, and he just said, "Shiver me timbers." Oh my! Just the pirate with cannons next to him. Oh boy! Okay, uh, right. people in the chat, I need you to uh, just thank Super Producer Jason for that wonderful masterpiece. Uh, show him some love. You guys enjoyed that. Give yeah, Debbie's already getting <laughs> the crying, laughing faces. Throw some fire. Throw some emojis. Whatever. Nick says that was fing great. Uh, pretty sure I know what you meant there, <laughs> Nick, but, um, oh my gosh, super producer Jason killing it, uh, with the lips moving and everything animated. Unreal. My goodness. Anyway, Where do four you games, this guy? Eric Carlson, one goal and three assists, a point per game. Still. He's got, I heard this on the, on the radio the other day. He's got more points this season than the last two seasons combined. Well, and we're barely over halfway. He was hurt, so he didn't play full games either. But my point is, if you're going to look at him and say, oh, he doesn't get that many points. And look at his uh, points per game last couple of seasons. He's not that good. He was hurt. So he's healthy now. This is what he can do. Right. So, um, again, for me, I'm happy with Eric Carlson. I'm happy with uh, what what he's been able to do this season. I'm, I'm glad that he's healthy um and some other teams might be glad that he's healthy too Aaron we've got um some some trade rumors kind of surrounding him along with Timo Meyer which obviously Timo's having a great season he's got like 25 goals I believe on the season maybe more now but well let's close um, out the captain alternate captain Eric Carlson here oh I didn't realize that we hadn't fire away Dead man, tell no tales. What? <laughs> he says he says different things now. This is cool. We have an opener and a closer now from it. Wow. Alternate captain Eric Carlson. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 stunned. I am stunned. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for the podcast people, please, please show up on YouTube. Check that out. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, Aaron, what what should we do? I know, I know, we got roll call stuff coming up, and I think we should center it around uh, the trade rumors that are are kind of floating around right now. Again, main ones: Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson. Uh, who would have thought, man? Honestly, so many people were talking about uh, Eric Carlson being untradeable, absolutely untradeable, and you know, here we are talking about the prospect of him getting moved. Which, frankly, I wish we have him stick around and, and and until the team is a little bit better. But, uh, you know, this is probably how you can make the team better too. So 
Um, what do you want to do for the roll call here? Good question. Um, I don't know. You want to know, like, do you want Eric Carlson traded or do you think he can stay? <laughs> What's your favorite pirate statement? Your favorite What's your, pirate slang. What's your favorite pirate saying? Okay. Do you know what the pirate's favorite letter in the alphabet is? Well, you would think it was R, but really it's the C that he loves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad jokes. When oh, When is Talk Like a Pirate Day anyway? I think we passed it. I don't know. That's something that everyone just posts because <laughs> they randomly find it on the Google. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Shiver Me Timbers, Dead Men Tell No Tales, uh, obviously pretty good ones. People in the chat, fire away. What's your favorite pirate saying for Eric Carlson? Maybe we'll, we'll use it in the next uh, iteration of this thing. So, there you go. Um, Aaron, wh- wh- what do you think here? Let's talk about Timo Meyer uh, sure. for this year. So, um, I don't know. I don't, what, what do you think? This is a great question because I don't know if they're going to be signing him or trading him. And I don't know if uh, Timo Meyer knows what he wants to do. I think um, so. This is the funny thing. His agent is Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux used to play with Mike Greer on the Sharks back in was it 09, 10, I think, season when Lemieux was kind of make his comeback in the NHL. Um, he is now a player agent and he represents Timo Meyer. So Greer and Meyer or Greer and Lemieux know each other. Well, they're former teammates. Um, and Greer was asked about this. So Greer had a, a state of the sharks address. Uh, I believe it was yesterday or maybe it was two days ago, but, um, he was asked about it. And this is his quote. Greer said, we've had talks about a contract. We haven't really gotten too much down the road as far as exchanging proposals or anything, but we've been, we've had good, open, honest, positive talks to this point. Um, it's basically going to be, I think, up to Timo if he wants to stay long-term or if he wants to get traded. Now, his contract is funky because he is an RFA after the season, but because of the structure of his contract, it would cost $10 million to qualify him, correct? Right. Is that the way it, it works? I don't know. So it would cost $10 million to qualify him, but I think that they can still just generate a contract that doesn't have a minimum of 10 million. Right. So they could, they right. could be realistic with him and say, look, this is what we're going to sign a contract for a dollar, but is that you can sign a contract for any amount. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but not for a dollar it has to be a minimum. Right. Well, there's a minimum. There's actually a maximum. There's a, a percentage of the salary cap. Is oh max. yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't know. What would you want to do if you're a Timo? If I'm Timo, I, I <laughs> that's rough, man. Because it, so if he had two years left, it'd be a lot more interesting. But since it's only the one year, um, you you gotta look out for you. Unfortunately, I think as as any player, and you said this too, uh, and any player in the NHL, any player in professional sports, frankly, um, you've only got a small window of time where you are effective and wanted and valuable to uh, anybody in, in the league that you're playing in. And, you know, at any moment, especially in a, in a sport like like hockey, a sport like football, right, where um, big injuries like that can happen, um, the last thing you want to do is be at the top of your game and then one night goes by and you get knocked out and you can't play anymore. And then, you know, th- <laughs> there goes your livelihood. Your, your, your money is dried up, essentially, right? So or your source of income is dried up. So I think at all times you need to look out for you. 
Um, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't agree with it. A lot of people would like to have that that sense of loyalty. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's the same thing as if, you know, if we worked at Cisco or something like that, right? Where, um, you know, they're not paying you the amount you think you can get paid somewhere else and it's significant and it's better working conditions or whatever else. Yeah, you would change jobs. Um, same thing for these guys. They play a game at the end of the day, but it's what they do for a job. It's their job. So for me, if I'm if I'm Timo, I'm I have to look out for me. I'm looking out for my best interest. Now, if the Sharks can make it within my best interest to stay, not just monetarily, but let's say, you know, they're talking about the things that they're going to do to restructure the team. Um, if that's something that he thinks is going to help him ultimately reach that final prize of getting a Stanley Cup, and that's important to him, as important to him as more money would be, great, stick around. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Timo just needs to look out for him because that's what any sane person outside of the world of sports would do anyway. I don't know. I, if you have the same sort of take on that, but go ahead. I mean, he kind of goes on in, in his questioning here too. Mike Greer on it. Um, like how much Meyer's desire to be in San Jose or not affects his decision with the player, the GM's decision. He says, yeah, it's always a part of it. I try to have the most honest conversation with all of our veteran guys. He's no different. That'll be a big part of it. And it's obviously a salary cap world. It'd be great if we didn't have to worry about the cap, but we do. And there's only so much money to go around. All that stuff will factor into the decision. Um, and if you would trade him, it's not too different than Eric Carlson, really. It's my job to do what I think is best for the organization, short-term and long-term. When you have these kind of high-end assets, it definitely does give you the possibility to kind of change things over more quickly. So to me, like, he doesn't even have to be traded at the deadline. They could trade him you know, during the draft, they could trade him. Maybe, maybe Timo wants to see where the sharks land right in the draft. What if they do get Bedard? Do you think you'd want to leave? Maybe not. What if they get, don't get Bedard. What if they get like fifth, sixth overall? Would he want to leave? Maybe more so who knows? He doesn't have to make his decision. He does not have a, a no trade clause. So he's not really in, in control of his destiny in a way. But because he's going to be making so much money, um, it's not super easy to move him. But it's not it's not impossible either. Six million dollars is not that bad, and it's his last year of his contract. Not that bad. That that and then it's prorated based on how long he's played. So it's even less than that for a, cal, a salary cap hit. Um, so yeah, I think I think he could be traded. But I also think Mike Greer is kind of laying all of his chips out and saying, here's what we have. This is what it's going to cost. Come at me. I'm listening to whatever offer you got. And people are calling. People are interested, including Carlson. People have been asking about Carlson. So it's not like, you know, everyone says Carlson's not tradable because of that contract. No, everyone's tradable. If Gwen Gretzky can get traded, anyone is tradable. Anyone, at any point. Um. Okay, so beyond Timo now, uh, there's the even bigger fish that is Eric Carlson. You, you've talked a little bit about that, but we do have a bit of a rumor that popped up, and I'm kind of questioning a little bit of the validity of the rumor um, well, or why this person even had anything to say about it. But The only reason I put this up is because they showed this on the TNT broadcast. Right. So I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is from Beer League Hero on Twitter. <laughs> Great name. Yeah, this, this to, sounds really credible, like right off the hop here. But Right. According to Bob Stouffer, 
the San Jose Sharks want three first-round picks for Eric Carlson, and they're willing to retain up to 18% of his contract. Of course, everyone was like, oh, that's awful. Nobody's going to pay for that. No, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, then maybe that's the starting point. You know, you you ask for the moon and then settle for a rocket ship. So who knows? Like <laughs> that could be what it is. Um, Greer is asked about this. He was asked if that was the asking price. And this his response was, I'm not going to really get into what we're asking for, but I don't think that's totally accurate. Whatever it would be, it would have to be an offer that we feel makes us stronger in the future and gives us the ability to help the kind of turn this thing around quicker. It's got to be something that makes sense for us as an organization. Then he went on to say about there is interest in him. There's some teams who have reached out about him. I think it's only natural for teams to kick the tires, and it's my job to listen to all offers and see what I think is best for the organization short term and long term. People are asking. You have the best defenseman in the league on one of the worst teams. They're not going to make playoffs. They could move on from them. They don't have to, but they could. So <laughs> I just find it really weird that it's coming from beer league hero, whoever that was. Um, and he's quoting, what was it? The, the Oilers announcer that was it play by play. Yep. Okay. So he's, he's saying that the Oilers, <laughs> Oilers play-by-play announcer um, had said this. What, what gets me is, okay, what does the Oilers play-by-play announcer have to do with any of the inside information out of the Sharks, uh, number one, unless the Oilers are kicking the tires on it and he was told about it and told not to say anything and then did. Um, I just don't see that. And, and why would the Oilers even want Eric Carlson? That they have enough firepower doesn't make sense. Um and then on top of that, if that were true, are you telling me guys like Elliot Freeman wouldn't know about this before the play-by-play announcers for the Edmonton Oilers? Like that, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't think that the rumor is accurate. I don't think what what the guy is saying is accurate. Do I think Eric Carlson is a valuable asset that people want? Yes. Uh, do I think an asking price of the three first? And retaining 18%, uh, it could possibly be accurate. Sure, absolutely, 100%. I, I can believe that, no problem. Um, I'm also on board with you saying that you asked for the moon, <laughs> you get a rocket ship, what? Uh, I don't know about that saying, but uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you aim high, right? And then you let them kind of bring you down to where you want to be. I totally get that. Um, interesting enough, by the way, for those wondering, 18% of 11.5 million is about 2 million. So think about it as in those numbers instead. $2 million retained, right? Um, Cause you don't want to have five and a half, 5.75, whatever it would be that much. You don't want to have that on your books for the rest of no. his contract, paying somebody else half. Yes. You can go to half. Not every team has to go to half. And frankly, they, I don't think the sharks would have to. Eric Carlson is having an amazing season. And as long as they can figure out, they can figure out how to fit that guy on their roster. They're going to want to take him. If, if, if that's the guy that they want, they'll figure it out. Okay. And it has nothing to do with you guys have to retain half. The Sharks just say, oh, we don't have to trade him. We're good. And remember, he's got the no trade clause anyway. So if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he don't have to. So um, it's, the whole thing could be a complete moot point. Now, I think Carlson, uh, Eric, wouldn't mind going somewhere else. I think he wouldn't mind the opportunity to go chase the Stanley Cup, considering that he's going to be there for the next few years and they're probably not going to be the best team or competitive even. Um, I think he wouldn't mind, but 
all in all, I would say if that rumor has any weight to it at all, again, that's we're talking about maybe $2 million. Aaron, would you be okay with retaining $2 million for the next, was it four years? Four years. Yeah. Would you be okay with retaining $2 million? Personally, I'd be fine with it. Depends. Depends on the return. Now, I'd say the return is really good, though, right? I mean, if it, if we're talking three firsts, it won't be three firsts. I, I it, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Shang Peng on San Jose Hockey now asked around too, and okay. um, uh, what was it? Um, he checked around and he said none of his sources have heard this. Right. Not that all of his sources are knowing everything, but I think if that was actually the request, people would know, right? So I more I, people than the, the Edmonton Oilers broadcaster is my point. I, again, you're not hearing this from any of the other big guns on Twitter, right? Well, he's the color who, commentator. Friedman didn't hear from him. Weeksy didn't hear from him. Who's the other one we're missing? Uh, LeBron didn't hear from him, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm not seeing, do I think it's inaccurate? Maybe, maybe not. But did the guy actually know, or did they actually say doubtful, doubtful? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think a first round pick is, is definitely a a minimum for Carlson. I, I will float this out there. The only connection I can make would be, um, Drew. Because Drew did the color for Edmonton Oilers. So if Drew had some inside information and was talking to a guy that he used to do play-by-play and color with, and then that guy said something. That's the only thing I can come up with. Other than that, why would this guy be the first person to know? There's a lot of connections with Edmonton, with Greer playing there. Doug Waite played there, who's now on his staff. There's a lot of Edmonton connections with San Jose. And I sincerely doubt, sincerely doubt, that any of those guys had those, those conversations and turned around and talked to the play-by-play guy and said, don't say anything. Shh. Trusted him enough. And then he goes and blabs it. I, I It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. That's me. I don't know. That's how I feel. So there you I'm go. Not, I'm not going to try and break it down because I don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, and, and you're right, Aaron, what we, we shouldn't really care. Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen is whatever happens. And if we're talking about it, it's great. It's fun. But uh, the amount that somebody pulls out a rumor or whatever else. And, you know, we, we've seen this before where a lot of people just throw a bunch of rumors out there and then eventually something happens. And so they go, oh, look, I was right. Whatever. So um, we, we don't do that. We're just talking about it, but uh, is what it is. So let's move on from this stuff now, unless there's anything else you got to say about Eric Carlson and a trade or whatever else. No, I think, yeah. I think we're good. Okay. On the same tug, oh, heard it by the water cooler, LM says. Okay, so the water cooler is, that's legit too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mike Greer, um, well, the state of the Sharks, is this, is this, this is different though. The same. Right? Well, it's the same thing. He was asked about all this stuff during it, but okay. there's just a couple of things in there. It was, it was like an hour long. It was a pretty cool press yeah. conference. Um, Anything else that, that he said aside from the, th- the, the trade rumor type stuff that oh, you lots, wanted to Lots out? of stuff. Like, well, that you wanted to pull out and then talk about that, I'm saying. Yeah, I mentioned earlier he didn't want to throw his goalies under the bus. He said, you know, there's every every GM wants to have a, a team or have a goalie that could play 60 plus games. He's like, I know of maybe two or three GMs that sleep well at night with their goaltending. Everyone else is up. Like, it's just that's just the norm for the NHL. Because he was asked specifically about the goaltending if they had like a future. You know, Mac and Miami, basically, if he's going to be the starter, which they don't know. 
Um, I did, however, he started in the game yesterday for the Barracuda and, and he made some phenomenal saves. I was shocked. Uh, a couple side to side, this is completely off topic, but side to side, uh, getting across and getting his legs down and, and stopping at least two or three chances that should have been goals. They were big time saves. I was impressed. And the, the Barracuda won three to two because of it um, against the Vancouver Canucks uh, affiliate team. And I didn't realize like the Canucks had their number for the last six or seven games in a row. So they haven't been able to beat them going back through last season. Um, anyway, I, I not that he's going to be a future starter, but I would think that he would make the NHL maybe as a, a backup or, or something similar. So um, we don't have a stud in the wings. We don't have that. Maybe we'll get that in this draft. I don't know if there's any that are really like worth drafting, at least not super early, but Anyway, um, Greer started off, you know, talking about the team and, and everything else. And he was asked about the culture because it's right now it's it's a losing culture, right? The Sharks have not won many games this season. Is it bad in the locker room? Is it all that? And um, he mentioned something in here and I'm trying to find exactly where it is. But he said, um, uh I've stressed and Quinny stressed and he's a great communicator, which is a big part of it. So the guys know where they stand, but I've stressed how we're going to treat each other. The importance of working hard, everyone earning what they get. Then the players that we, the players that we brought in, it's been a little bit of some new blood. We kind of targeted some guys with high character, high work ethic, high compete. And I think they've helped change the locker room, whether it's Nico Sturm, Luke Cunnan, Steve Lorenz. I think those guys, they come into all different levels, but they've assumed some leadership of the group. It's changed a little bit of the locker room dynamic. I think it's made guys enjoy coming to the rink. That was a, that was kind of a a talking point of, you know, do they, is it hard to come to work every day? If you're, if your team is losing all the time, right. Is it hard? Um, He mentioned some, he said, for someone like myself, I went through a season somewhat similar in Washington and it's not easy to come to the rink. It says a lot about how things are in the room that I think guys are still enjoying coming to the rink every day. They're coming in, enjoying being with each other, and they're showing up and working hard. I think that says a lot with some of the changes of the culture. I think that's huge. That That's good. Like, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier with expected goals versus actual goals, This they're fixable. They are going to get fixed. I think the turnaround for next season Maybe even the second half of this season. I'm not saying they're going to all of a sudden jump in the standings and make playoffs, but I think we're going to see it. It's getting, it's going to get better. Now, this upcoming road trip is going to be not even a road trip. Like the next 20 games, I think, is against all higher end teams. And everyone's like, oh, this is the gauntlet. The Sharks are just going to get smashed. But as we've seen, the Sharks get up more to play against better teams. I'm not saying they're not going to get smashed. I'm not saying I want them to win them all, but I don't think it's going to be as ugly as other people think. Yeah. Um, some of these, uh, the expected goals may not be the same as the actual goals. Um, and you said that, you know, they're, they're going through the gauntlet here, but, uh, and we'll talk about it in a second, but the, uh, the second game of the week is against the Columbus blue jackets who are also uh, making a run for Bedard, by the way, uh, speaking of Bedard, um, he does not play goalie, Aaron. So the Sharks will not be getting a good goalie uh, in this draft. So Bedard of the way. Anyway, um, upcoming games for the week, Aaron. We've got Wednesday in Dallas. Uh, no, sorry, in San Jose against Dallas. Joe Pavelski 
um, having a heck of a season. It's going to be great having him back in there again. Uh, if you've been a fan of his in the past, uh, I'm sure you'll show up to this game, give him a nice big standing ovation, round of applause. Um, Aaron, he's he's crushing. He's earned himself another one-year contract. Amazing. Uh, yeah. This is, I mean, I did not want to see Pavelski go. I wanted him to stay, but um, I, I know, I understand the Sharks. When you look at it at the time, Pavelski versus Evander Kane, they looked at the age and Pavelski at the time was 35. And if you sign a contract over 35, I think he won a term. He won three years. It's risky because if they retire, um, they're on the books for the rest of the years. So you can't take it off. So it, when once a player hits 35, it it's a lot riskier to sign a contract, long-term contract. Um, I want to say that factored into their decision uh, I don't think it was right, and I know a lot of people don't. And obviously, in hindsight, it was completely wrong, and that changed kind of the course of the of the trajectory, if you will, of the team. But um, it is what it is, and I love Joe Pavelski, and I love seeing him succeed. So I'm happy for him, and who knows? Maybe he'll do yet another killer season and earn another another um, chance at uh, getting signed somewhere and getting paid. Um, I'm hoping he wins a cup. If he wins a cup, maybe he'll retire. Who knows? But I would love to see him win a cup. I just wouldn't. I just don't want to see Dallas win a cup. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Enough. I don't want the Stars to win. Although they're not in the Pacific anymore, so it's not as bad. But yeah, I just I don't know. I still have a hatred for Dallas going back to the Belfort. Back to the Belfort days. Eddie Belfort. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the whole. It's not Dallas that we hate. It's Eddie Belfort. Let's be yeah. fair. True. Brendan Morrow, Mike McDonald, all those guys. Just ugh. Always had the Sharks number. Madonna, dude. That jersey flapping in the wind as he was skating, man. Nothing but respect for that guy. Uh, Kellen reminding me, by the way, Peter DeBoer also returns to the tank again. Oh, that's uh, right. With with Dallas. So Mm. there you go. Um, Yeah, that should be a fun one. Um, Saturday, however, in Columbus, Aaron Columbus is one of those uh, surprise teams uh, kind of falling and falling and falling and falling. I don't think, I mean, were they this bad to start the season? Because it seems like they just keep uh, dropping down the standings. Um, no, it's actually a big shock because they got Johnny Hockey in the offseason. That was a big UFA signing. Right. He left Calgary and signed with, with Columbus, which is shocking to a lot of people. So um, he wasn't supposed to be this bad. Granted, he's on a new team, a new system, all this kind of stuff. He's kind of getting to a slow start, but um he hasn't been doing well. Uh, their goaltending's been pretty bad. They're deep. Like they've had a lot of injuries too to start off the season, so that didn't help. Um, Rorensky is on the back end. He's like their number one defenseman. He was he's been out, I think, most of the year. So they're missing pieces. It makes sense, but I don't think they should be this bad. I would expect them to be at worst an outside playoff bubble team, and they're not even close. They're they're second to worst behind Chicago right now in terms of points percentage. So um, yeah, they, they're going to add to their arsenal of really good players. And uh, I don't expect them to be down, but they are just awful this year. So that could be a good, a good win for the Sharks. That could be, unfortunately, I don't want them to win. <laughs> I want Columbus to win so that they can jump the Sharks in the standings, but um, we'll see how that one goes. For the second time this season, the Sharks play a horrible team and then a back-to-back against Boston. Yep. We talked about this before. This is this is kind of one of those games where you're just, first of all, you're just expecting the loss anyway. But having to play the night right before, uh, albeit against 
lesser competition, if you will, for the folks on the podcast. I'm throwing up air quotes like crazy right now. Um, but so, yeah, they, they, they have to go to Boston now. So, um, again, a, a game where we get crushed, Aaron. You think 7-1 to one, like uh, the Oilers or, or not? So nah, much? I don't think it'll be a crushing, but I do think Boston's going to win. I mean, just to show you how good Boston is this year, they still only have five regulation losses after 43 games. Their win percentage is 837. That means they've won 83.7% of their games. The next place team is Carolina at 705. There's a huge Jeez. gap. Huge gap. Juggernaut. 13% gap. Um, anyway, Boston is just disgusting. They're so good. They're so full, well-rounded team. There's not really many knocks at all on them. So that's going to be a tough one. Um I'm expecting them to lose. It's, again, a scheduled loss against Boston. All right. Hey, guys, just want to give you a reminder. Uh, we are trying to permanently move the show from uh, Sunday to Monday nights. It just seems to work out better for us, actually. Uh, so if there happens to be a game on a Monday, cool. We'll do a post game. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else to share here. Aaron, is there anything else? No, nothing. Every time no. I ask you that, you got nothing for the people. You know that? It's because I talk too much. I'm not I'm tired. A- thing my goodness all right well anyway i think we've held them long enough regardless hey guys i hope you enjoyed the show i did and it was i enjoyed going through all the uh, comments there appreciate you guys uh all the things you had to say uh, no, oddly enough no one had anything to say about pirate sayings nobody had anything uh, i thought that was bizarre was, yeah, yeah a little strange no, no, you no post, post in the comments down below in the comments down below. Yeah. So if you're watching this uh, post-mortem, if you will, um, <laughs> go ahead and and put your favorite pirate saying down there. And uh, maybe Super Producer Jason will take that and throw it in for the, the next uh, Eric Carlson slide there. Yeah. Uh, so he says, yeah, what are you, where are you watching from? What's your favorite pirate saying? That was the roll call question. Feel free to do that uh, right now. So I guess that does it. I do want to remind you guys. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that several ways. First of all, Super Chat function is still there and available. Uh, you can also do uh, Venmo at The Fin Factor. Uh, if you don't want to go through YouTube, that's totally fine. Um, you can go to... <laughs> I'm getting there. You can go to thefinfactor.com and pick up any of the merch that we have. You can get stickers for your toaster, as Aaron is showing you right now. You can get the water bottle that he just picked up there. You gave me time to think of the word. Thank you. Uh, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, stuff, stuff, stuff. If you'd like to support the show but get something back in return, as Kellen has done uh, several times over, I will say, uh, please feel free to go there and do that. Again, do appreciate all the support we get on the show. It will go towards uh, a new laptop, uh, perhaps, for this guy right here. Uh, although I'm making it work with the doggle, I'm telling you. It's uh, it's not in duct tape, buddy. Not bad at all. Uh, Aaron, uh, oh, Colin wants to say both weekend games are on ESPN+, Plus. by the way. So if you uh, do not have ESPN+, Plus. Sorry. Um, go go find an illegal stream somewhere. There you go. Wow. We do not condone that here. I don't condone it. Don't do that. Wink. Nudge. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys. Next week. Next week on a very legal YouTube stream. On Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.